This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. Joining me on the line is Dara Doyle, who's Bureau Chief for Bloomberg Ireland, to look back over some of the big business stories that were hitting the headlines during the week. Good morning, Dara. Hey, how you doing, John? Have Good, well? thanks. Yeah, um, Davy took a bit of a hit, 4.1 million uh, fine. And I was amazed to see that the central bank was actually going to fine it 5.9 million first, but they got a discount. Yeah, often that will happen in, in these kind of uh, uh, central bank uh, settlements. And we've seen kind of a raft of them over the last kind of year. This would probably be the most pri- high profile because Davy is obviously a big name in Dublin circles. Um, but often you'd see that, you know, uh, there would be a sort of a headline fine that would be reduced if, you know, the, the, the offending party was seen to have kind of cooperated, you know, reasonably early in the process. Uh, I guess on the grounds that if there's a bit of cooperation, that reduces the cost that the central bank has to put in place you know, when it's doing these investigations. So kind of the, the, there's a bit of an incentive there for people to cooperate with various inquiries. So it's something that you'd see fairly routinely. Now, to be honest, with somebody like, with a firm like Davy, you know, I know it sounds like a lot of money, you know, $4 million, uh, and it is a lot of money, but, you know, it's a fairly kind of wealthy firm with probably large cash reserves. The hit, to be totally honest, is probably bigger on a reputational front. Mm. Um I'm not sure how much you know about Davey, much you want me to say about Well, Davey, talk, talk us through it. I, I know that they have 48,000 active clients and they're managing about 8.5 billion, um, but it was basically conflicts of interest. And from my understanding of it, it, it was pretty egregious uh, conflicts of interest. But explain it for our listeners. Yeah, I mean, like, a bit of context. I mean, Davey would probably be the most influential uh, stockbroker in the Irish market. Um, so how does that manifest itself? Well, for, for example, when Ireland is issuing bonds, i.e. it's you know, getting all the cash in to pay for, you know, everything that we've had over the last couple of years, or a lot of what we've had in the last couple of years, and um, Davey goes out and it helps Ireland raise cash uh, from international investors. It also would be advising the government on issues like when it's selling a stake in AIB, Davey would be out there kind of uh, international roadshows and selling the Irish story. So, you know, it's just a pretty powerful player. So what, what appears to have happened, and we still don't have all the details, but what appears to have happened is that Davey was hired or, or he was hired essentially to sell a bond on behalf of, of somebody else. Uh, and that was fine, but what it seems to the company has done is 16 individuals within the company seem to have bought that bond um, for themselves and then sold it on later on. And uh, crucially, they didn't tell uh, the client that they were um, uh, that they were that they were the, the buyers. So I was trying to think about it this morning. Is as if you hired a. Uh, a real estate agent to sell your house for you and actually the real estate agent bought the house himself and not only did he buy the house himself he didn't tell you that he was the buyer of the of the of the house I know um, and uh, yeah, exactly. And then also what appears to have been the case, and we've seen some reports, is that um, it turns out that the price that they paid for those bonds, or I guess you think of the real estate, it wasn't actually the highest price that maybe could have been achieved. Uh, it seems that the, that, 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 that the client could have achieved a higher price uh, if somebody else had bought the bonds and were other winning buyers. So it seems that maybe he didn't actually get the highest price. So again, going back to that example of the house, it looks like that there might have been, you know, a, a more winning buyer out there would have paid you more for your house if you had known about it. Um, so yeah, that's that, that was again. Now, just to be clear, it was 16 of it. It wasn't the, it wasn't the, <laughs> the firm. firm. I, 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 as an entity. As Meghan Markle 16. would say. The firm. It was a, 
I don't want to be spitting hair through with 16, something, something that's essentially since we do, it was 16 individuals within the firm, um, and most damagingly, it seems that some of these were uh, some of the most senior executives at the time, and um, the central bank hasn't produced a list of 16 individuals, some of them have been named in Irish media, I'm not going to go into that, I'm not going to go there, but some of them have been named um, locally, but it seems like it was some of the, the, the Davies' uh, top management at the time, now some of them have appeared to have left, some of them appear to be still being in place, um, but I don't think we've heard the last of this. Uh, no, moment, pretty shoddy because, uh, as you said, 16 individuals uh, bought it, and I'm just reading from the Central Bank press release as, as we're talking, and it says, mm-hmm. three weeks later, the consortium sold a large tranche to a fund manager, and in the weeks prior to the sale, certain consortium members engaged with interested buyers to provide a Davy house view on the value of doing the bonds, and they didn't tell them that they were uh, not act- that they were they, they it says they drew no distinction between whether they were acting in a professional capacity i.e. as the broker or a personal capacity as the seller big hit to their reputation yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I found most interesting was that the central bank accused uh, Davy of a lack of candor. Um, when they, you know, what seems to happen is the story seems to emerge through a court case that was then covered by the media. Davy seems to have gone to the central bank at that point, so uh-huh. preempting it, but didn't but didn't provide all the details. Uh, the investigation unwound through accusations of lack of candor, and some people seem to have sort of been placed closer to the transaction than they actually were in reality. Um, I don't know. So. Yeah, sorry. You know, I hate, to, I hate to use that phrase, but you know, sometimes it can be the um, like, given the lack of candor, maybe it's okay to say that, that not all. Of these, I don't, I don't know what to call it a cover up, but there seems to be not all details were disclosed uh, quickly to the central bank, um, and I think that, I mean that that is pretty damaging to to, to somebody that you trust. Um, I mean, we know Davy's been running a heavy advertising campaign in the national media for the last couple of years, you know, and it does seem to me to be a bit of a, a bit of a blow yeah, to your reputation yeah. if you're accused of something like lack of candor, you know, and look, I, I will say one thing that's interesting about Central Bank is they began, they've begun the last few years to employ much more direct language in these sort of settlements, you know, yeah. and they're trying to kind of get over to, to, to people that, like, you know, not hide in jargon, trying to say, look, these things are wrong, you know, you, you, know, you shouldn't be doing these things, it's not just all kinds in, in kind of jargon, but, you know, I, it, this is, I think, one of, I obviously see these, you see these settlements, I don't know, once a month or whatever, but I have to say the language in this one was some of the, the strongest that I've seen um, uh, over the last kind of couple of years in the Central Bank, I mean, it, it really is a big hit to, to the daily reputation, I think. Yeah, now, um, interesting figures, moving on from that, interesting figures out during the, the week about the Irish economy, even the European economy, and the good old Chinese economy, uh, is up 6 percent but i was quite surprised with the irish numbers tell us about that yeah absolutely and again sort of grabbing international attention from what we can gather i think the irish economy is possibly one of the, the only european economy to have grown last year it grew by about uh 3.6 percent um but look you know we all live here we know that that, that last year was incredibly tough and in fairness to pascal Donahue and the government they're not trying to kind of kill the lady i mean pascal was out almost instantly with a, with, a, with a press statement after the GDP figures were released saying, look, you know, what we have here is a two-speed economy. On one hand, we've got the export sector, particularly like the likes of your sort of um, your technology sector and also your pharma sector that are doing really well and possibly doing even better because of the, the pandemic. But on the other hand, we've got uh, the domestic 
domestic economy, which is you know struggling massively, retailers taking a huge hit, personal spending down maybe nine ten percent. Those kind of figures are much more in line with the European averages. So I don't think, in fairness to, to, to Pascal Donahue, he's not trying to pretend that all is rosy, kind of in the garden, you know. Yeah, because um, huge parts of the economy are shuttered, like in this area tourism, hospitality, the licensed business and so on uh, you know, so it is a real two-stroke uh, game of two halves Yeah, I, I mean absolutely absolutely. but look, the one thing I will say you know, it, you know is this, is that like Whatever about the real impact in the economy, the multinationals are big employers in Ireland. Like uh, I know, I think you have you have State Street, I think, down in Kenny, yeah. or did it at one point? I think you've got there's a lot of people employed there, right? Absolutely, um, yeah. And certainly, you know, close to where I am, we got you know huge Google, Facebook, all these kind of people. So I mean, there are these are real jobs. They're not phantom jobs all the time. I mean, there's obviously issues about how much they actually produce and what goes through the Irish economic you know, accounts, but there are real jobs. So I suppose the argument that, that, that there is is that they will be there in the, you know, as we go into the second half of the year. And what we'll be hoping, as you know, is the vaccines get rolled out, that the, the retailers can reopen, that the bars, the tourism sector, that we can all come back to, you know, Kilkenny again um, and, you know, and, and see your lovely city again. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that basically the, 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 that will, that hopefully that second leg of the economy will come back in the second half of the year because we already know the multinationals are there and they're still strong and they're still big employers. So what we're hoping is that that will see true into the, into the you know, second half of the year. You'll be a second leg of the economy and, and you know, I could see a situation, I, I don't want to be sort of Pollyanna about it and too optimistic, but I think we could have a really sort of strong growth story in, in, in we'll say, second half of the year, third quarter, you know, 34th quarter next year, or this year when the vaccines kind of get rolled out and stores get open again. I mean, there's so much pent-up at demand out there. I'm sure, like, you know yourself, talking to your listeners, that people, like, haven't been able to, to, to go out and spend yeah. the way they could as this sort of savings. Now, look, I'm not minimizing things. I know a lot of people are on the PUP, you know, have, maybe haven't been able to save. But for those of us who've been looking to get to keep our jobs, I mean, there's a lot of saving going on. I mean, I'm not sure if you've heard this, but I've heard anecdotally car dealers are still doing quite well or expecting a big surge in the second half of the year because people have been sort of saving chunks of money, you know. So yeah. it's quite possible we could see a very strong sort of third, fourth quarter of the year. And that's very reassuring for people who are currently, you know, maybe uh, furloughed who are wondering what kind of economy they're coming back to. Because I've spoken to people who talk about that they're expecting kind of austerity and the same sort of environment that we had back in the dread days of the 2010s and 29s and all that sort of stuff but but um the figures are painting a more positive picture yeah i mean again we, we, it's too easy maybe to, to kind of be complacent about it but certainly i would su- suspect that there will be a massive kind of um uh, initial impact when when things begin to get better because you know people have been saving they'll be you know dying to go on weekend breaks to you know mm. to Kenny Carlo these kind of places you, you know be the hotels I think it'll be sort of gangbusters for the six seven eight kind of months so I wouldn't expect there to be any kind of issues for, especially in the sort of second half of the year early part of next year now does that initial thing fade off and do we have to start paying for the kind of pandemic I mean that would be a bit of a concern mm. but look I mean I think that we my sense is that the lessons have been learned from the crisis of the financial crisis and the bailout 2010-13, I suspect there isn't this desire for massive austerity to kind of to, 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 to kind of pay for the kind of pandemic. My, suspe- my suspicion is that we're going to, I mean, the reality is the only, there's only a couple of ways to pay for this. You know, it's uh, taxes are borrowing, and my, suspe- and my suspicion is that taxes are not going to rise incredibly fast, um, maybe a little, but not much. 
um, I think we'll continue to see borrowing kind of going forward. And as long as the international lenders are happy to do that and continue to lend us the cash, then I suspect that that cushion will last well into 2022. Um, yeah. So an interesting week um, and uh, reasonably optimistic and, and reassuring uh, figures looking out so people shouldn't lose heart, even though they might be stuck at home and they may be on the pandemic unemployment uh, payment. Yes, Hopefully better right. days are ahead. But I will add that stockbroker, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, line. If it, the, the, your values, the value of your investments can go down as well as up. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, hopefully we're not back here in a year's time. And there's no guarantees when it comes to this stuff. But I mean... Yeah, because we are dealing with the virus at the end of the day. Yeah, and you were asking me yesterday what, what are the big kind of risks. And I think the big risks are vaccine rollout is much slower than we, than we expect. Uh, or we've got new variants. That means that the vaccines don't work. But I mean, all the signs are the vaccines do cope with new variants. So, like, fingers crossed, let's be kind of reasonably optimistic that it's going to be a slog. I think this first half of the year is going to be tough. Um, I don't know about you. I booked a week away in Mayo at the end of June. No, um, never go to Mayo. <laughs> well, you know, we won so many all irons off them. Um, I kind of feel I have to, have to give something back, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I jest, uh, Mayo listeners, I jest. Lovely county, and I have been there. Dara, thanks talking to you. Or thanks, good to talk to you. Take it easy. Take That's, care, John. Thanks. That's Dara Doyle, who's uh, head of Bloomberg uh, in Ireland, talking about the week in business and the outlook for the economy. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie